What a game, ladies and gentlemen. What a game. What a game by your Phoenix Suns. They win the game 115 to 114 at home against the New York Knickerbockers. And although it appeared that all was lost and they would not win this evening, there was one guy he who decided, you know what? We're winning tonight, Matthew. We're winning this game. And that man's name was Cam. I've got a big Johnson. <laughs> Let's go. That's his name. We've been searching for it for forever. I'm still shaking, rocking back and forth from this one, dude. I I just can't believe it. After just a splendid night all night long from Cameron Johnson, we knew he had it in him. I think uh, Flex just tweeted out, you know, a blessing in disguise. He would never have this opportunity, really, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker were playing Mm -hmm. and it really is i mean it's like who do you go to you go to the guy that carried you the whole night and even if it's a bank shot it doesn't matter man that hey i can't believe they fucking won this game (laughs) i can i I really can't you know and and there's definitely a lot of things i want to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast uh so a rant or two that i might go on oh i'm right there with you yes you know there's some definitely some disappointing Mm -hmm. things you know primarily the fact that we beat the Knicks by one, and this is a team that's won what one out of their last ten games. Uh, but yeah. when you're without your all-star backcourt, you need players to step up, and we saw those sta- those players step up. And the the guy who did it, obviously above all else, was Cameron Johnson tonight. So uh, definitely plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We thank you for your joining us live on YouTube. If you happen to be listening to the podcast later, we thank you as well. This is Sun Central, and you've made the right decision by coming and joining us here. Uh, if you happen to be watching on YouTube, please subscribe and massage that thumbs up button the way that Cameron Johnson massaged the ball all evening long while you're here. Uh, you can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. Feel free to donate to the show via the Super Chat so we can use it to get Matthew a Cam Johnson jersey. Leave a five-star review if you happen to be listening <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. Matthew, please tell me. you, you got to be popping a bottle of champagne or oh. something tonight, right? I mean, your boy showed up and showed out. It's got to be a bottle of... You're popping bottles tonight. I know it. I can just feel it. Something more... A little bit more special. I say this for a special occasion, just like tonight. A tiny Diet Coke. Look at That's that. what we're going to do tonight, dude. Adorable. I have yep. a large Coors Light. Oh, okay. There you go. So, <laughs> all right. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. We definitely earned this one tonight. And let's talk about this fantastic <clears throat> victory for your 51 and 12 Phoenix Suns. Yes, your Phoenix Suns played the New York Knicks on their last game of, I believe, a five-game homestand. And this one, Matthew, is simply going to be referred to as the Cam Johnson game. But it still brings up a question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. 
when Julius Randle and Cameron Johnson got into a kerfuffle, if you will, in the third quarter, <laughs> did you think that this would be the result? Uh, you know what? It was the one thing that kind of turned the game a little bit. I think when it happened, I expected the Suns to come out with more firepower. And Cameron Johnson had the opportunity to hit a couple wide open threes to really just bring the house down. Uh, it didn't really happen that quickly. But when when the when they did were fighting, I thought it was the best defensive play really of the night. You have to last pod we talked about the Knicks and how they have a temper. That's Julius Randle. Julius Randle has a temper. And the best thing that Cameron Johnson could do tonight, and I don't know if he did this on purpose, but we all know he has a, a very high IQ, basketball IQ. So you can't stop Julius Randle for some fucking reason tonight. I know he's their number one, but it's the one guy you really want to stop. So what do you got to do? You got to push him in the back. You got to do something to get him going. And that's all it took. Maybe there was some stuff before we didn't see, but Cameron Johnson was very, very smart to do that. Say something to him, just egg him on a little bit more. And then you know that he's going to come back at him with the push. He planned it all out. I feel like he did. I feel like he did this on purpose to get him thrown out of the game because for some reason we just couldn't stop his ass. Yeah. I. It's interesting. Whenever we play, or uh, Julius Randle outside of the last time that we played the Knicks. The last time we played the Knicks, the Phoenix Suns held Julius Randle in check. I believe he had nine points, but he is a physical player who somehow, some way tends to get away with a lot of his physicality. I don't know what it is, uh, but Cameron Johnson was definitely perplexed early in the game as right off the bat, once he entered the game, Julius Randle dropped his left shoulder and put it right into the chest of Cameron Johnson, uh, which literally knocked the wind out of Cam. I mean, Cam went back to the locker room and I was worried. I was just like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, we've all had the wind knocked out of us at some point. And when it happens, it's like you just need to get up and walk around. So him going over to the bench made sense. And once he was back to start the second quarter, I was like, okay. And then the physicality continued. And we all know Cameron Johnson as a laid-back guy. I mean, you and I were even commenting on our last podcast how in their last game against the Portland Trailblazers, we saw him celebrate a little bit, and his version of celebrating was just holding the three-point pose for an extra second and turning around and running down court. Mm -hmm. That's Cameron Johnson. That's what he does. That's one of the things that makes him appealing as a fan is his lunch-pail attitude and the way he approaches the game. But you could see him continually starting to get fired up about the physicality that was being permitted by the referees when it came to his uh, game against Julius Randle. That third quarter uh, was massive for Cam Johnson because not only just prior to that altercation was the moment that I truly missed Chris Paul and Devin Booker. We we were given up a 10-2 run to the Knicks and they were up six points at that at one point and Cam Johnson hit a big three that kind of took the Suns out of that offensive uh, rut if you will and that's where you're you're going to miss Chris Paul and Devin Booker you missed them both in clutch time tonight Cameron Payne as well as he played and as well as you know we will definitely talk about his game tonight was a little discombobulated in that last five minutes. And ultimately, Cam Johnson saved his ass by hitting huge threes. But you're right. The best defensive play of the game was Cameron Johnson just saying, you know what, I've had enough. I've had enough of you, Julius Randle, throwing your elbows in my chest, doing all of these things. So 
and, and again, I'm okay with the physicality, but I'm yeah. I'm very excited that Cam- that Cameron Johnson decided to say, you know what, enough is enough. Fuck you, Julius Randle. That's exactly what he did. And Julius Randle went through the referee to give one more extra push. And ultimately, that's what got him kicked out of the game. And you can't tell me that the Phoenix Suns beat the New York Knicks tonight. And by Knicks, I mean kicks, because that's what it says on the screen right now. The New York York kicks. (laughs) It's funny, Matthew. We got to work on your grammar. Last time you wrote it, you you know what I just downloaded? I got Grammarly. Grammarly. Okay. You pay for it. it helps you actually spell, read all that good stuff. I missed. Well, you, you, you missed it there. You missed mm-hmm. it right there. Last podcast, uh, I I checked it before we went on. It said Suns, whatever the final score was, Blazer, whatever the score was. Oh, I was really? Like, oh, I don't we, know how that happens. I just I don't know. I just must black out or something. <laughs> Who knows? You just give but you give up halfway through. But Karen, yeah, go ahead. I do. You know, that's just everything in my life. That's speaking of blacking out, that's basically Cameron Johnson like going to the bench. I feel like when a guy like Julius Randle's coming towards you like that, that must freak the shit out of you, dude. Like, I don't care who you are, but Cameron Johnson, of course, is a big dude, but Julius Randle's a very scary man. You know, we always talk about we have that award of who you wanted to to fight someone in an alley. You know, we always talk about that. It's Julius Randle, dude. I know it's like the fake soft kind of guy. Someone just mentioned that in the chat, but it, I guess he is, but when he, the way he looks now and how intense he's been this year, it's a guy you don't really want to fight. And he was even saying, I'll F you up, I'll F you up. And Cameron Johnson, like, you have to be shaking your boots a little bit because it's like his first altercation really in the NBA. So yeah, I'm glad he did it, man. I'm glad he did it, and it's the thing the Suns needed. I didn't think it really helped Cameron Johnson that much more, but it just showed, like, just that effort he's given tonight. It's just – it's one of those games where you could have almost just thrown away because the Knicks hit almost an Ill, on every cylinder offensively, and they were hard to start. Even R.J. Barrett, very difficult to stop tonight, man. And I just – I think that – and why? I, I know exactly. I don't know how and why. And someone said in the chat, too, and I should probably start bringing these up when I see them. But they <laughs> – I mean, we're lucky that they won this game because there's a lot of slander that this can go is... around DA's way and defensively oh, rebounding and it will. again. And it yeah. will. You've you've come to the right place, Jam Jamsters. If you want to hear some shit talking about DA, we're definitely going to get to that part of the podcast yeah, at some wait. point. Uh, because again, now now I'll preface everything that we're going to say tonight with something that I noted when I knew that Chris Paul went down. There's going to be games where we're going to be unbelievably frustrated with aspects of our team because what we've been used to all season isn't functioning properly, right? And that makes sense. Chris Paul is the person who makes this offense drive. If he's not there, Devin Booker has done a good job in doing so as well. But that being said, you're going to be frustrated because there's possessions that are going to be essentially wasted possessions that normally would be navigated by Chris Paul and would be successful possessions. So games like tonight are unbelievably paramount for the Phoenix Suns. We're on a countdown right now. We are on a countdown to the end of the season and trying to hold on to the number one seed. Now, if you go to a website called playoffstatus.com, .com, playoffstatus.com and you pick and you and you click on the NBA and you click on the Western Conference picture essentially the Suns have a 99% chance of finishing the season with the one seed but that being said a lot of different things can happen and you know speaking of different things happening you could bring in random people 
Like so says Jay, who was oh, at the game tonight. Hey, what's up, How man? was that game, dude? I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I think I peed a little bit at the. End. <laughs> I was gonna ask you that. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! I, I don't know what else to say besides, oh my god! Like, I, I was thinking maybe, maybe the Suns didn't pay Da last off season because they want to max Cam Johnson because I like whatever. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. A topic we are definitely going to get he into on this it, pod. Yeah. Dude, what that was, was it like in the stadium when it, he hit that shot? It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Go check out my Twitter profile at so says Jay. I got a video on there, everybody. But yeah, no, it was it was phenomenal, and the energy in that arena, dude, was unreal the entire game. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a game against the freaking Knicks in March, and that fourth quarter was like a playoff atmosphere, you know. Somebody once told me Phoenix isn't a sports town. That person can suck it. Okay. Yeah. That's you know, what? Richard Jefferson actually was talking about how eh, all game long, man, everyone was on their feet, super loud. I don't know if that's just a Unreal. thing he does. I believe it was. I believe it was Doug from Doug and Wolf, if I remember correctly, who said this wasn't a sports town. But when you go to Phoenix Suns games, it's something different. Unreal. What was it like in the arena when Julius Randle got officially got tossed? That was maybe the most gratifying ejection I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Because wow. all Julius Randle, huge fake tough guy. Okay. Mm. Second of all, how dare you do that to Cameron Johnson? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Third of all, he should have had like 12 fouls in the first quarter, but Guthrie and his cronies, uh, you know, did their thing. But it, it, again, the, the entire game, the, the arena was just electric. The ejection, I mean, 18,000 people standing up together, waving him goodbye. In fact, I, I feel like it just shows that Phoenix is really a friendly town too, because we're just a bunch of nice folks, right? Yeah. Is that when you peed yourself? Was that at the moment when you peed yourself when the ejection happened and the I fight? I think that started. That, that started. <laughs> it started right there. there. Uh, and, then, okay. and then the shot, the cam shot, is what really took me over the edge. Oh, we're not very cool, right? Like I can admit that. Is that cool? Good silent Absol- reporting abs- right here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And what caused that urination was the fact that the Suns, as as Outcast Forty Nine says in the chat, the Suns are now two and zero since Cam Johnson opened a lemonade stand. So my assumption is you you had plenty of lemonade. It's hard to hold it at the end of a game uh what did you think of the rebounding tonight for the phoenix suns or lack thereof i mean yeah it was not 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 great and i i'm sure i've i've been scrolling through twitter throughout the game and i know there was a lot of what's da doing what's going on with him and and you know what i i've been since he was in like high school a huge da proponent and he was frustrating tonight he, he mm-hmm. seemed disengaged he I don't maybe he has a bug or something. He just he didn't seem like he had any yeah. uh, he didn't have that usual pep to his step, I guess you can say. But look, at the end of the day there there were a lot of kind of weird rebounds too that I felt just kind of bounced a weird way. The Suns couldn't get their hands on, but look. What happened? They still won. Somehow, some way. Yeah. We feel your energy, dude. Yes, oh, dude. I I I, yeah. I I I kid you not, I thought I was gonna pass out when he made that shot. I mean <laughs> I almost did. No, oh, to be at a buzzer beater like that, man, <laughs> that's gotta be so damn exciting. Best game of the game of the year so far. In my yeah, opinion. that was a lot that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean I didn't want to leave. It just felt so, dude. I can't believe I'm so excited about beating the freaking Knicks. But I know, right? Let me, let me think about it. I mean, who, 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 no, 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 no CP, no book. Yeah, and no problem, right? Well, okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Like, you, you still win games without your top two guys and Da kind of being there tonight. Cam and McHale, dude. Like, we can never. Like, they, they, they have to be here forever. Like. 
I'm talking like even when they retire, I don't want them to move. I need them here in Phoenix until I'm at least no longer alive. That's all I ask for. That doesn't seem like too much, right? Seems Not reasonable. at all. Absolutely reasonable. Okay. Okay. Uh, sons for life, just like you're a son's fan for life. So, Amen, my friend. <laughs> so uh, thank you to So Says Jay. I know you're probably waiting on a, a ride, but uh, coming to you live from the Footprint Center following yeah. one of the most epic games of this regular season. Uh, let everyone know where they can follow you and such. And, and- – you can follow me on Twitter at so says Jay. My podcasting partners at Dervish World. Oh, breaking news! Who's back on Twitter? Guess who's back? Oh, is he back? Back again? <laughs> allow me to allow me to plug him for the first time since his return at Dan Duarte One, ladies and gentlemen. Allow him to reintroduce himself. His name is Dan Duarte. He's back. So give them all a, fo- a follow and. At Fan the Flames NBA is the podcast that, that they host that for too. brightsideofthesun.com. So that too, that appreciate too. you coming on, brother. You got it, boys. I'm going to go home and maybe sleep at some point tonight, but I doubt it. This might be an all-nighter just because I'm so jacked right now. I'm not <laughs> like, look over there. Hey. All right, boys. Hey, enjoy. Right. Love you guys. Love what you do. Keep up the good work, and I'm going to go home. All right. Cheers, Justin. Doodles. Take care. <laughs> See ya. You know – Justin brings up a very interesting point. I was thinking about this today as I was boarding a plane from Sacramento, California, back to Phoenix. I'm I'm back home for those of you who are watching, not listening. One thing that's made this roller coaster of a season exciting is the fact that we are without Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? I mean, you and I have even said it on this podcast. The winning has somewhat been boring. Because it's so expected, because the Phoenix Suns are so epic in what they do, that we're just ready for the playoffs. And now all of a sudden we have this obstacle in front of us. And I couldn't wait to get home. I literally walked in the door from the airport right as tip-off was starting at 8.13 local time. It was a little bit late because of the national uh, broadcast. But Matthew, do you find yourself more excited for some of these games now in the home stretch, knowing that we are going to get to see members of the Phoenix Suns perform outside of their normal duties because we are without both Chris Paul and Devin Booker? You know what? I was actually going to ask, so says Jay. I was going to ask him, like, hey, when you're at the game, because when I'm here watching it at home, I kind of forget at some times until they show Chris Paul on the side, like, coaching him up. I forget him and Booker are even playing on this team just because that's how special this team is. And it's not like I forget who they are. It's just in the moment watching the game, I'm never like, God, because you brought up before, you're like, oh, in, if we had Chris Paul, it would be, you know, we can get through these situations better. We can end this game a lot earlier. Yeah, but I don't know. I didn't think that. I kept just like, I was so in tune with this team and who was on the floor at the time. And it's funny, you were talking about, is it boring because they're winning? Even Booker talked about before he was out, like they're looking for a little bit of motivation to kind of get going again because these games don't count. And he said Chris Paul will be back when the games matter. And he's totally right. Yep. And that's why I put 25 bucks down on Booker to win MVP. You know, I, I splurge. It's, it's definitely is not going on. And then he way. got so, COVID, damn it. And then he got, well, they went one and two with him. And then he got COVID. So if anything, it backfired totally. So it's my fault. But two games in a row, winning without him, it just shows, you know, this team, even if it is just the Knicks, man, it doesn't matter because we don't have Booker and Chris Paul. And I do forget they're on the team in these kind of games, these kind of intense situations just to get the W. Yeah, and again, I think that because of the 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 void that is left by our all-star backcourt duo being out, you you get to see the blossoming of Cam Johnson and what yeah. he can do for this team when the opportunity comes for him to be somebody who is 
more of an offensive role, you know, threat and somebody who's going to carry the load in the future. Cause again, we've got plenty Matthew drinking that little diet Coke, is <laughs> you know, but, but what we <clears throat> saw tonight was, you know, at times frustrating, you know, I will say this was yeah. the lowly Knicks. Uh, they were 25 and 37 entering this game on, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, a team that had lost plenty of games, nine out of the last 10, if I remember correctly. And they felt they had an opportunity to win this game. And in all honesty, they, they should have, they should have won this game. You know, the, the Suns were inconsistent kind of throughout. Uh, they couldn't score really. I feel like, you know, you had Mikhail Bridges. Okay. Yeah. 11 of the Suns first 15 points. And you know what? We got a lot of people here. Let's, let, let's go ahead and let, let's give them a drop. The Warden comes out, has 11 of the Suns' first 15 points in this game, ends with a total of 20 points on 6 of 11 shooting, including 3 of 4 from deep, had 6 total rebounds and 4 assists. And one thing I, you know, I I appreciate his aggressiveness because it makes me feel more like he is like a young Scottie Pippen a little bit more aggressive on offense, still playing quality defense for the most part throughout the game. And he was really having these great passes to DeAndre Ayton. He was the one person who could somehow get the ball to DA in a space in which DA could be effective. You're going to need, and I said it before, I'll say it again, during this time frame without our all-star backcourt duo, this team yeah. is going to go as Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges go. And those were your all-stars tonight. What did you see from Mikael Bridges, not only at the beginning of the game, but throughout the entire game? And do you feel like, for some reason, he just couldn't stop R.J. Barrett? Like, what, what was yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. What's I up mean, with that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking when the game started, I was like, R.J. Barrett, like, what is going on with this guy? Is he actually going to be something or not? Is he going to be in the G League next year? Those thoughts just ran through my mind. Well, absolutely not. I mean, he took advantage of maybe being a little bit more bulkier than what Mikhail Bridges is. He kind of mm-hmm. pushed his body into him a lot, getting down to the rim. And I think there's only so much Mikhail can do, even on, like, the last possession when they were trying to stop and R.J. Barrett had it um, on the left side of the basket. Mikhail had to kind of use his hand and stuff to kind of grab behind him, use some leverage, because the guy, I think, is just a little bit more overwhelming than he maybe he thought. But I like how you're talking about, yeah, the, the way this team goes is the way the the wings go, or whatever you yes, say. Sorry, yes, yes. I've totally probably messed that up. It is, but then also we need DA to finish it off. And I think that um, what Mikhail did and what Cameron Johnson are doing, they're kind of filling the roles of how Devin Booker and Chris Paul used to like trade quarters in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, first quarter book, second quarter Chris Paul third quarter book, fourth quarter Chris Paul. It always kind of seems like it would lean that way. Tonight, it was just about the same way, but it was Mikhail Bridges and it was Cameron Johnson. And the worst thing that ever happened this year was really just Mikhail just kind of just lying in his own grave when it came to his offense at certain yes. places. Like he would just not do anything. to so go stand in the corner. He would not be intrigued. And it is ever since the Rams were in the Super Bowl, really to where he brought it back and had that energy. And it's just, I feel like people always bring that up, but there's something that happened. And of course it's the injuries and stuff, but this can't go away like it did before. I know we'll have Chris Paul and and Booker back, but there's ways where he's running the pick and roll and like he's finding DA. He looked really good with his passes. Mm -hmm. Like there's a way to implement that into the offense when they come back and just have him be like that third option. And then him and Cameron, I always thought it was going to be Mikhail 
and DeAndre and as like the third, you know, they can share that scoring role, you know, on the, on the offense, but now it's like him and Cameron Johnson. So they got to work that together to where these guys, you know, they can fill the spots whenever someone's not really doing their job, like a DeAndre Aiden, because these guys know how to step up now. They know what to do in these big situations and throughout the game to really help this offense from like, you know, going completely dead. You yeah. know, they help them out just enough at certain times to get that offense back on track. Yeah, no, again, when the this offense was stagnant tonight, it was either Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson, mostly Cam Johnson, who yeah. negated that stagnant stagnantness. I don't think that's a word. They stopped it from being stagnant. And it's going to do nothing but bode well for their confidence moving forward. What I noticed about the defense against R.J. Barrett is Mikael Bridges did his job, in my opinion. Because you look Mm -hmm. at R.J. Barrett, if you were to guess, without looking at the box score, do you have the box score in front of you? It's minimized. Don't look at it. Okay. I'm not. How many field goals and how many field goal attempts and how many points do you feel R.J. Barrett had this evening? All right, so I'm going to say R.J. went 11 for 15 and then okay. 30, 30 points. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm guessing, dude. R.J. Barrett, 6 for 26 tonight. <laughs> 1 for 7 from off. 3. He had 20 points because he was 7 of 10 from the free throw line. What okay. killed the Suns tonight wasn't R.J. And, and, and note, in the fourth quarter... He was two for seven, or I'm sorry, two for ten from the field in that in that uh, fourth quarter, and two for four from the free throw line. So it wasn't R.J. Barrett that was killing us and getting by McHale. McHale held him off far enough to where he was missing his shots. What was killing the Suns tonight was on the defensive end. Watch. Oh, this is why you tuned in, Suns fans. I am pissed at DeAndre Ayton tonight. What killed the Suns tonight is DeAndre Ayton consistently tried to provide help defense on R.J. Barrett, and in doing so, he let Mitchell Robinson grab every fucking offensive rebound he could and pour in 17 points on 15 rebounds. The dude had nine offensive rebounds. The New York Knicks overall had 17 second-chance points to the Suns' three, okay? Unacceptable by DA. Unacceptable performance, in my opinion, tonight, okay? His overall stat line, his beautiful stat line, as many of the Jamsters have noted in the chat thus far, 34 total minutes, 4 for 10 from the field, 8 points, 3 fucking rebounds. When the offseason comes, Matthew... Do the Phoenix Suns pay Cam Johnson or do they pay DA? Because I'll tell you what, in my opinion, Cameron Johnson's more unique than the skill set DA provided. Anybody can throw up eight and three and not try for rebounds. You look at the very end of this game when RJ Barrett goes down, goes to his left as he did the entire game, throws up a shot, misses it, and Mitchell Robinson tips it in and puts the, the New York Knicks up by... Uh, a point DA standing six feet from the basket, watching it. He's not sprinting. He's not trying to get physical. He's not just trying to do anything to impose his will. Because as my buddy, Adam Stratton said, there is no will to impose. Therein lies the issue with DA. I knew that this stretch for the Phoenix suns with Chris Paul out. And now with Devin Booker out was going to be a challenge or not a challenge, but it was going to be the, 
Show us what you got, DA. Opportunity. He's failed in my eyes thus far, Matthew. What about you? He's got nothing. And uh, honestly, I'm going to take a little... I'm going to take a page out of uh, Charles Barkley's book where he was talking about the Lakers. Hey, I'm not going to say the Lakers name until the playoffs. And if they win a playoff game, because we already saw in the chat when we first came on here, um, they're talking about, well, DA, he'll get up next game with the Bucks. I'm sick of hearing that. And I'm like, it makes me so mad where I kind of shake a little bit just because I'm just, I'm, I don't want to talk about him anymore until the games actually matter. Cause that's, he'll step up when the games actually matter, but sometimes it's a little bit too late. You have to play these games as this, as if it's your last, as if you want to earn the money, and it's never there, man. I even talked about when Chris Paul's on the floor, it makes a difference. I feel like it does with him. I feel like he can just do whatever he wants. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's sad about something. I don't know if something tragic happened to him because it looked like like one of his puppies died or something on the court tonight, and he's exhausted. Everyone's exhausted. I'm sick of seeing him so tired and standing around, dude. And we even got, they even talked about on the, on the broadcast, Suns don't have the size to match the New York Knicks. What are they talking about, dude? The Suns, all we have is size. It's all the hustle. (laughs) DA does not get his butt down when he's trying to box out. He's trying to box out with his arms. And like, you're right. He was standing there watching the rebound, just being grabbed by everybody else on the Knicks where he can get in there and just play. He was watching a ton, dude. I just... And he's like asking for the ball. Okay, offensively, when he's trying to ask for the ball, Cameron Payne comes up, and then he he gets down way too low still, way too low in the first half. It's like you can't throw a pass down there. They tried to. It got tipped away. Mm -hmm. And then the next one other time where he's just like, oh, give me the ball. He stands behind Cameron Payne's defender. So how is Cameron Payne supposed to give him the fucking ball? And then Cameron Payne does the one time where he throws it to where DA is supposed to be at, and it's a turnover. And it's like that's on DA. Yes. Like he's he just he's he's putting his hands up in the air, like, what are we doing to Monty when he's running down? Oh, yeah, I gotta I gotta set a screen. Okay, like I'm just sick of this where we're waiting for the big games for him to get better because it shouldn't be that way, man. This team needs him to always play the way he plays in the playoffs at all times, especially right now. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. I think that obviously we're, we're going to be hypercritical of him. He's a number one pick. And right now is the opportunity when he could be shining without Chris Paul and without Devin Booker. He should be the primary option. Okay. Eight points, three rebounds. He should be the primary option. Of course, it doesn't matter until we get until to the playoffs. And that's when we hope that his true form will once again make itself known, much akin to how it did in the NBA playoff run last year that put the Suns in the finals. We get playoff DA this season, we're going to be happy. But again, playoff DA isn't somebody who dominates the game offensively. He's more of a defensive deterrent and a pest for the opposing center and the guards who go in there with his shot deterrence and things of that nature. So he definitely has a transferable skill set. The issue I have, again, is here we are, and here he is with an opportunity to shine. And as you mentioned, Matthew, it's his hustle or lack thereof. It's his lack of sense of urgency. The team's down 10. The team's down, or the team has an opportunity to stop them on defense in the last minute. And he's not aggressively trying to get the rebound or just tap it out or do something. And again, it's it's just frustrating to see because I see what some people are saying in the chat. I'm seeing all of the, 
you know, he, uh, we should have got some bonus and, you know, everybody got, you have to stop flip flopping on DA, you know, that's, that's what we do with DA. Unfortunately, as you said in the last podcast, Matthew, the most frustrating thing about DA is he forces you to flip flop on your opinion. You know, as black Sunday says in the chat, who gave us $5 in the super chat. We truly appreciate that. He says three rebounds, three backup point guards, get three rebounds, man. No heart, no fight in him. No, it wasn't there. You know, it wasn't there. And have we seen it before? Absolutely. We have, but we didn't see it tonight in an opportunity when he could have done so. And don't get me wrong. Mitchell Robertson is a formidable opponent opponent. He is definitely somebody who, you know, what is, what do they, he leads the league in offensive rebounds, but you should know that going in and go, my one goal is just, just try to knock this guy off his spots. Just try to play yeah. physical. The entire New York Knicks team was playing physical tonight, and DA just seemed disengaged and didn't didn't want any part of playing against them. And these games are super important, in my opinion, because of the growth opportunity for these players, as we saw with Cam Johnson tonight. A breakout moment. I can't tell you how many people who were in the stands tonight who were probably casual fans saw that game and will forever love Cam Johnson. Like He's got a whole yeah. new fan base behind him. And it could have been DA. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's missing on on these opportunities and seeing his his lackadaisical effort. You know he he's he's not dominating in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And with the the opportunity, it just it it just frustrates me. As I'm sure it frustrates all of our jamsters who are, again watching along live in the chat. If you are here, hit a thumbs up on the the button on YouTube or whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And if you're a casual fan ever at these games, you're always going to love Cameron Johnson. Whether or not he scores 38 points or three points, he's your favorite player. And just really quick, uh, Crazy Luigi says, maybe Aiden's waiting for the playoffs. And that's the problem. You're playing on the wrong team, dude. You're playing with Devin Booker and Chris Paul who take every second on the court serious. So you shouldn't be waiting for anything, all right? And you shouldn't be so exhausted after five minutes of playing. So, okay. Well, and what's the dangerous part about waiting for the playoffs to turn it on? You might not be able to turn it on. We see all teams it all the time. All the time. It never works. Yep. It never works of like, oh, okay, now it's time to turn it on. No, yeah. that, that that's not how this works. And if that's what DA is truly waiting for, that's a disappointment. And again, this upcoming offseason, the Suns are going to have a decision in front of them. You can extend Cameron Johnson, or you can do what you did with DeAndre Ayton this year. You don't extend him because Cameron Johnson will not garner a max, but you can extend him off of his rookie deal. Or you can let him sit for a year like you've done with DeAndre Ayton and choose to allow him to go into restricted free agency the following year where the market will dictate his value. And I'll tell you this, Matthew, the market will dictate his value exponentially more than DeAndre Ayton due to the fact that he is a knockdown three-point shooter who plays defense, mm-hmm. who shows versatility on offense, uh, and is just a great locker room guy, and he's a hell of a lemonade maker. Yeah, I, mean, I know. You want that. And one more thing. Dave Burns was talking about when there was trade deadline, like when people are calling like four players. It's like Mikhail Bridges, nope. Cameron Johnson, nope. Devin Booker, nope. And then DeAndre Ayton, uh, let me hang on the phone a little bit longer to hear what you have to ask for. That's the difference. Cameron Johnson's absolutely no. This guy's not going anywhere, man. No, with, without a doubt. And Low Sun says this in the chat. Says, you can pay both. Y'all talking like you have to pay, pay DA the max. No, you don't. You don't have to pay DA the max. The market will dictate his value. Okay? He's a restricted free agent. So what he can do is say, I'm going to test restricted free agency based on 
what another team is willing to offer him, the Suns can pay him. And that's what the Phoenix Suns and James Jones chose to do. They chose this past offseason not to spend the money on DA, probably for reasons like tonight, because you don't want to pay a guy. Imagine right now if he was making max money. All we'd be hearing about in the chat is how, I mean, you'd literally be breaking down how much money he's making per rebound. It would be fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. This would be even more negative. In a shrewd move, they, James Jones, the Phoenix Suns, simply said, okay, you're going to be a restricted free agent. Let's say that the Clippers want to offer you $90 million next year. Well, guess what? We can offer that to you and retain you, and we can offer you an extra year that they can't because you're on our roster. So, yes, you can pay DeAndre, and you can pay Cam Johnson. The difference is, and if you know, if you go look at some other teams in the NBA, there's, there's only so much money and so many guys you can pay so much money, right? So you're going to have to find ways to make that money work. And what happens when that starts to occur? The depth of your roster starts to become like the Knicks, become like the Lakers. If we're paying Chris Paul $44 million, uh, Devin Booker about $35 million, Cameron Johnson about $33 million, and now we're paying, or I'm sorry, uh, Mikhail Bridges $33 million, Cameron Johnson, whatever he's worth, probably something close to a Mikhail deal, $33 million, and DA, whatever he is, Right there alone, you are at like, what, $130 million and you still have to fill out the rest of your roster? You lose your depth. The window for the Phoenix Suns is right now. It's this season because everybody has an opportunity to, to operate within the confines of this roster financially because next year, guys are going to have to start getting paid. And I like the fact that we have Devin Booker and we have Mikhail Bridges locked up. You have your primary score and your primary defender yeah. locked up. It's like having you know your, your left guard and your cornerback. Uh, locked up in football, two of the most important positions outside of the quarterback mm-hmm. position. As long as you he's have, right-handed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if he's left-handed, he's <laughs> blocking in front of me, guy, and his blind side's wide open. But Chris Paul, obviously, his contract's guaranteed for the next two years. It starts yeah. to fall off the, the following year after that. So, again, shrewd moves by uh Great comparison, Jones. I like that. And Chris yes. Paul's like our Terrell Owens. You know, you just sign him for a couple of years. And get no, this team on track. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, let's talk a little bit about campaign in this game. You know, this was a game of the the cams. He continues to do a fantastic job facilitating this offense. End of the evening, although he was only six for sixteen from the field, uh, he was he put forth seventeen points and sixteen assists, a career high. Outside of a a tumultuous, if you will fourth quarter where he went two for eight he still had seven assists in those in that fourth quarter including the assist that led to the cam johnson game winner what did you see from Cameron yeah. Payne tonight and how do you feel he's doing in the absence of chris paul oh this is it i mean this is what chris paul was looking for when he's on the sideline just sitting there and all of a sudden cameron Payne just comes down the court makes this cross-court pass that is just like a chris paul-esque pass chris paul stands up even though the shot wasn't made he's like that's, that's how you do it right there. And he was doing it all game long. And like the last play of the game when they kept showing the replay, I'm like, dude, so that's just so smart of them to just have that design. When they get the rebound, Cameron Johnson's going to stay, he's going to stay back. And then campaign's just going to basically bring the ball up barely and then give him the ball. Like those are like the little things, you know, it wasn't complete chaos. It's like three mm-hmm. seconds left. What the fuck are you going to do? Oh, wait, they already have it planned out. So he ran everything he did tonight was like the best game he's played. He yes. looked like the way he looked was like, his older 
Cameron Payne looked like his older, sexier, more confident brother tonight. I like the the confidence he had, and like the the way he presented himself on the court. He just looked like a more mature player. I don't know what it is, but it just he just looked different. This was before like he dished out the sixteen assists. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he was holding himself on the court, the reactions, the bad calls by the refs, things he was doing. Like it just seemed more mature. And I'm sure you guys probably don't understand that, whatever. But that's no, that the way makes he perfect looked. sense. And he. he Thank God he's back because he almost had an yes. instance where he hurt his little his little wrist. I'm his sure his little wrist. wrist. He finds a bigger wrist than me. He hurt his wrist. I'm like, oh damn, dude! Like we can't lose this guy because he's gonna win us these games, man. It's two and zero, right? When he's back, two and zero now. Correct. Now that he's back, and of course we won this on a three a buzzer beater, but it doesn't matter. He helped us with those sixteen assists. I don't think you can ask for much more from Cameron Payne as being our backup point guard. No, and you know, I honestly was thinking while I was watching this game how. He came back at the most ideal time, the time in which Devin Booker went out with health and safety protocols. So we really are fortunate that he is available to play right now. And I think that the way he's facilitating the ball is something that he is doing much better, something that I've been critical Mm -hmm. of him in the past, that I think that he's too score first. Uh, But that being said, you know, he, uh, the way that, that, He set up Cam Johnson numerous times tonight. The way that he put his head down and got to the rim at times tonight, it's good to see the old version of Cam Cameron Payne back. Yeah, that that's how I felt. I also felt he did overplay a little bit in that fourth quarter. Again, two for eight in the fourth. He wanted to be Chris Paul, as you know, as as, uh, our good buddy Suns Geek tweeted out tonight. He said Cam Chris Paul Payne because of those sixteen assists. I mean, he was facilitating left and right, and he tried to take over offensively in that fourth quarter in the last five minutes with the game being close. And I don't know if he made one of them. You know, I mean, ultimately, it was going to be a shot that was altered by Mitchell Robinson on the Suns' yeah. last offensive possession that could have been the the thing we're talking about here. Did you like that here. shot, though? I, I, I like the take. I, I, he I, made I, it I like the take, but I should have thought he should. Ayton was rolling there. But, but you, you but you have no confidence Aiden in Aiden. Yeah, full diaper tonight. Are you gonna yeah. be able to trust him? No, exactly. Full diaper. <laughs> he, it, he it like was slowing him down. <laughs> he did. He was waddling around. So no, I hope I, he's I, all right though. Oh, sorry. He's yeah. all right. He yeah, just isn't engaged. That's the issue. Okay. So cool. so here's my question about campaign. And I was thinking about this one. How mm-hmm. many teams in the NBA would Cameron Payne be a starter on? Do you think right now? Oh, about half the league, right? I mean, I think I think so. Yeah, without a doubt on the New York side for sure. And that's what he started the season so miserable, remember? Like it just was such a bad start. But the way he got himself back together this year, and he's playing even better than what he did last year in the playoffs in these last few games. Um he had a couple amazing play games in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm gonna go that level, but but from a facilitation standpoint, you're absolutely right. Yeah, well, I mean, you're asking a lot from him too, like especially without Booker being on the court, whether or not that helps. I mean, Shamit tonight, I don't Sorry, I said his name, but he was handling the ball pretty well tonight, too. I mean, well, let's talk about Shamit, Shamit a little bit. Let's, yeah, you so you say it's a yeah. pretty decent Shamit game. Tell me what you saw from Landry Shamit. Ball handling. Uh, my boy John over here told me he used to be a point guard. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I have confidence in this guy handling the ball. And that's what he did tonight. Most of the game was handling the ball, facilitating it. He hit his shots when they were mm-hmm. there. That's the Shamit we need, right? That is, it, it was good. I mean, of course, a little bit better. But it was just a decent game. He didn't look so frightened with everything. And the way he was handling the ball, 
He just seems like he's been doing it all year long tonight. I'm not saying it was a great game. I'm just saying this was something to build on for him. And it wasn't just like, oh, you have to make every three-pointer. No, it's like do the little things to help your team, and that's what we need him to do. Because him and Juice are kind of like the same player out there where they're just missing threes. They're okay. They're doing decent on defense. And then, you know, I don't, they're not doing much else. So I'm glad he kind of stepped away from that a little bit tonight. A, a little bit. That That's right. And if, again, you look at his final statistics on the evening, he scored a total of six points on two of four shooting. Six points, baby. Yeah, that's six cool. points. Kill it. Two assists, that's two awesome. for four, as I mentioned, shooting. But both of those were from beyond the arc, and he was two for two from beyond the arc. Uh, I, two assists. I, I only wrote one thing in my notes about Landry Shamit. Um and I'll, I'll read real quick, you know, what some of the Jamsters are saying in the chat. Again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us after this game. Uh, Jewel says Shamit did good. Uh, Rag MMA, Shamit would need to score 6,000 points in the playoffs to make me respect him. Uh, after Tiger 25 says Shamit's defense is why he keeps getting minutes. Yeah. And Los Sun says Shamit did good, on, in my opinion, playing defense. The one thing that I wrote in my notes relative to Landry Shamit's performance tonight is kudos to Landry's effort on D. I will. This was a solid game, in my opinion, from Landry Shamit. It was. The last game, he shot the ball 12 times. He only made four. And his shot, as, as we know, almost every time he plays, discombobulated, not in rhythm, nice release, but no consistency in what he's doing. Tonight, he really put forth some effort, in the four, especially in the fourth quarter. That one possession, after the Suns went on like a 9-0 run in that fourth quarter, the next possessions at, possession coming out of a timeout for the New York Knicks was a 24-second clock violation. A lot of that was due to the full-court defense provided by Landry Shamit, followed by pesky defense for the remainder of the possession on whoever had the ball, because I don't know any of those guys' names uh, on the Knicks, because... They don't deserve it, especially when they're wearing black jerseys. Why black jerseys for the Knicks? It looks fucking stupid. <laughs> it is kind of weird, right? Yeah. I think every team has to do the black once in a while. but I yeah. guess, but I don't like it. It should be blue or orange or white. That's that, It's the mm -hmm. Knicks, god damn Stick it. with those colors. They look good. But again, that's that's you're slowly bring, reeling me back in, Landry. Again, as as Rag MMA state, stated, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's going to take a bad. lot for him to really... I don't know who really... holds a fishing pole like this. I think you got to grab it like that. I think so, go. yeah, because this is yeah. like... I don't, yeah, know, I don't know, know what, what that is. Like that. Yeah, that's Green like... That, cheese? That's, no, that's uh, Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. Feed me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. But you that, should get that tattooed on him. All right, go ahead. But, but, but that being said, <laughs> you know, Landry, you, you got a long way to go. Uh, you you started tonight. You didn't cost the Suns a game, so I'm not going to play you the drop. You still have. He's a good dribbler. He's, he can sure dribble the shit out of he, that. Ball. He dribbled the shit. He did. He dribbled the shit out of the ball tonight. Aaron Holiday has clearly replaced Alfred Payton coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the most solid performance from Aaron Holiday as well. Uh, he did have ten points. He did have four assists, uh, a turnover. You know, I'll ask you this: It, it was yeah. definitely better than I than I feel. Alfred Payton as an Alfred Payton apologist yourself, Matthew, do you approve <laughs> of Aaron holidays replacing him in the rotation? Yeah, but he's kind of creeping up there to where it's an actual replacement, right? I mean, right now we're still seeing spurts where it's a little messy, but when you're running him out there with different units too, again, a point guard coming into like maybe a new system, who knows, 
who knows a play in the NBA, right? You don't really know what they do on the court. Like he has to learn on that shit like right away and then implement it into what he's trying to do on offense. And it's tough for him, I'm sure. Um, but right now, the one good play he had tonight was that and one. He got to go down. Mm-hmm. He had the celebration. He earned it. I think it's really tough for him to kind of work his way in here. But his energy, that's all you need. It's just like Bismack Biombo coming out. It's like put that man in. Take DA out. We just need some energy out there. Some guy that's going to actually box out and, and get some boards with that energy who cares about size that's the same thing i feel like with aaron holiday like he just he has it out there and i think the team feeds off of him still and he absolutely from the time we got him from the time i was outside of my work doing the little short jam session short with my hat off i just knew he was a replacement so it's just that's what's gonna happen dude and it's already been done no i definitely think that he has replaced elf he brings an energy to him. I think my only complaint with Aaron Holiday is I wish he had Alfred Payton's size. I wish he was oh, a little okay. bit bigger. He kind of reminds me of like an Isaiah Thomas when it comes to size. Now, granted, much more stronger, much more physical uh, than IT, but IT could score yeah. like crazy back when he was good. Uh, yeah. he's, but he's on Those a 10 day. With, he, he's on a 10 day with the Hornets, the Horny Hornets. So good, good oh, for IT. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's, he's, out there hanging out with Lonz or LaMelo Ball. So, um, you know, again, I, I really think that moving forward, you'll see less and less of Holiday once uh, Devin Booker's back and now that campaign's reinserted into the starting lineup. Uh, I think the it'll be a th- it'll still be a four-guard rotation, including mm-hmm. Landry Shamit. It'll be interesting to see when playoff time comes if we see Aaron at Holiday at all. So definitely yeah. enjoy watching what you see from him right now uh, and enjoy the fact that after a son's victory, which pushes this team to 51 and 12, there's a plethora of warriors fans in our chat talking about how great the fucking <laughs> the warriors best. are. Like we that's how you games. know that you're better than a team when trolls have to show up to your podcast to remind you that their team is better, even though their team can't play themselves uh, into a victory if their life depended on it. And mm-hmm. that being said, they all voted so hard to get Andrew Wiggins into the all-star game. Now all they do is talk shit about Andrew Wiggins. It's just great. It, it's just, it, it, it's holistic. You know, yeah. it's just, it, the, the world goes around, comes around. And it's I, still take Draymond. I still take Draymond on my team though. No, if yeah, I could take anybody from that team. I think it would be Draymond. Well, but of how course. Valuable he is. Yeah, but of course. And guess what? Without Draymond, they ain't shit here. We are winning games without our two all-stars. Uh, and you don't hear us going into any Warriors podcast. I'm like, man, the fucking Warriors. The Suns are, Suns are great. Yeah, is that what you did last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I go in under uh, so says Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got people. The Wiggins is better than Booker. You know, it's like, yeah, I believe that. Give me some that guy For smoking. Sure. So, uh, I think it's time to hand out a little bit of hardware. Unless you have anything in your notes that I might have missed, Matthew. Oh, you know what? We do this all the time. Let me go through my notes and see if we matched up. I got my Biombo take in there. I think that's a little bit. Let's see. Uh, the one thing I did miss on my end, uh, I got to watch the- an Orange Friday game. I'm generally traveling. I did travel tonight, but because the oh. game was late and I got an <laughs> earlier flight home, I actually got to watch an Orange Friday game. So that was kind of nice. Okay. Okay, yeah. And I haven't called you Bubs yet. So, hey, Bubs, let's hand out the jam star of the game. Jam star of the game. 
right, Jamsters, a reminder, if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, again, subscribe, hit the bell notification, and hit the thumbs up located below our beautiful faces. Helps with the algorithms. Let's everybody on Planet Orange know where the best post-game podcast can be found, and that is right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Matthew, is there any question who the Jam Star of the game is? Nope, it is Cam uh, Big Johnson. That's his new nickname, right? Cam, Cam someone Cam, asked in the chat, I've got, what's his I've nickname? I've got a Big Johnson. i got a Big Johnson. It is him. Uh, and one other thing before I forget, I think DeAndre Aiden will be benched next game. I just want to throw that out there. Lights, Cameron, action. Matthew, <laughs> coming in hot with the hot takes. I yeah, dig hot it. Takes, right? uh, Crazy Luigi said this, and this is good Suns trivia for you, for you the, uh, who are out there. And maybe next time you're at Marley's on a Tuesday night and they're doing a trivia night. It's now Quentin Richardson, Channing Fry, Aaron Baines, and now Cameron Johnson with nine threes in one game. Uh, nine threes for Cameron Johnson tonight. He ends on a scorching evening for himself with a total of 38 points, easily a career high. He was 11 for 16 from the field, nine for 12 from beyond the arc, nine for 12, uh, seven for eight from the free throw line. And you look at how he performed in that fourth quarter, the uh, a quarter in which the Suns outscored the Knicks 34 to 21. Of the 34 points, 21 were by Cam Johnson, who went 7 for 8 from the field and 6 for 7 from deep. Unbelievable performance by Cam Johnson. One of the best performances we've seen from a Phoenix Sun in quite some time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Devin Booker has had some great offensive evenings. But the efficiency that Cameron Johnson executed this evening is unbelievable. 38 points on 16 shots. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is crazy. How many teams would he start for in the NBA? Every team. Every team other than the one that has Jay Crowder. That's 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 correct. And the only reason he doesn't start is because the Phoenix Suns know that Jay Crowder is capable of what he does. And and kudos to Jay. Oh, big shots tonight, dude. Huge shot. He hit that huge three uh, that put the Suns (sighs) up. And he also had the the four-point play that they made a three-point play. But he was absolutely fantastic as well. You look at how Jay Crowder played. Uh, in the fourth quarter himself, he ended with a total of seven points. Uh, he had a th- hit a three, two for three from the field, uh, three total rebounds. He was the guy grabbing the fucking rebounds at the end of the game that actually helped. But again, Cam Johnson uh, would be starting for every team in the NBA. That's a fact. And that's why when the Suns have an opportunity this offseason to extend him, you do it. He will be yeah. worth the money. If you I'm have to be Devin, there. Yeah, you're going to show up. You're going to be... <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna I'll be, be there somewhere. <laughs> just make sure out. it happens. I'm gonna hey. lick the ink to make sure it doesn't. <laughs> make sure it's dried. <laughs> like licking the pen. He's like, get off yeah. my pen. So, <laughs> but when you see Cam Johnson hit a a shot like that, there's only one thing you can say, Matthew. And do you know what that one thing is? Ah, uh, Shazam. I was cheering yeah. like a son of a bitch in my house, and I was—I had to do a quiet cheer. My wife's already in bed. The German Shepherd's in there with her, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, yes. And all of a sudden, I rah, 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 rah. the dog starts barking. Comes even out. on a quiet cheer, even on a quiet like, cheer. I feel like your quiet cheer is like my loud cheer. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I am—I you know I mean? am a vocal son of a bitch. 
Yeah. <laughs> the great thing about this game, though, Matthew, is it was on ESPN. It was nationally televised. So, and I know that East Coast is asleep, but it happened against the Knicks. Like, this will be talked about, and Cam Johnson is just going to go through the – like, this guy didn't go to the All-Star game. And here he is going nine for 12 from three and hitting a game winner against the Knicks. Like, yeah. And he has a post-game you, interview. NBA. Did you watch yeah. the post-game interview? Of course I did. That's why I was a little late uh, getting on here with so you. So cute. He had like a little bit of the jitters and stuff, talking like, uh, and stuff. He's, he's like, like uh, Kim, Kim give me the ball. And Life comes at you fast, man. You're, you're a superhero now. He is. Superhero Cam. Cam, I've got a big Johnson. Uh, fantastic. So next up for the Phoenix Suns on Sunday, Suns versus Bucks preview. Is Devin Booker going to be back for this game, Matthew? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's the Toronto Raptors. I think the last thing Flex texted would be the Raptors game. I think that's on a Wednesday or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I could probably look in front of me, but I'm really freezing and holding my hands. But um, yeah, I don't think so. And if what what I'm looking for is DA is going to be benched. So we'll see how Biombo and McGee hold up against (laughs) the reigning uh, finals MVP, right? (laughs) I tell you what, man, this is... This is your scheduled loss, right? Without Devin Booker yeah. on the road in Milwaukee, there's no way I feel the Suns win this game. That that makes me sad. And that's why, again, this game tonight against the Knicks, in my opinion, was so important because winning this game puts the Suns at 3-2 three and two without Chris Paul. You go against the Bucs, okay, now you're 3-3. Three and three, But the Suns, with this win, now have an eight-game lead over the Warriors, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. I yeah. can pull up the standings no, right. real quick, but I know that they lost as well as the Grizzlies lost. I believe it was yesterday. It was an off day for the Suns, and it was a good day for the Suns for those reasons. So this gives them an eight-game lead with 19 games to play. At the end of the day, all that matters for the Phoenix Suns is ending with that number one seed. The nice thing for the Phoenix Suns is to beat the franchise record of 62-20, and 20, right? Like that That's what lies ahead. This team needs to win of those final 18 games. They need to win 12 of them to beat the all-time record for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. 12 out of 18 is a lot. They have a tough schedule ahead. I don't think the Bucks is one of those ones that's going to be a win. That, that one is going to fall in the loss category, even though we will see some good old-fashioned holiday on holiday action. What do you think? You know what? Their schedule, though, too, is kind of tough. So, I mean, they have the um, well, they have the magic coming up after that, but then the Heat, the Raptors, the Lakers, of course, probably the Lakers will get Anthony Davis or something crazy back no, for that one. That, we'll, we'll beat the shit out of that team. Man. I they hope are, they I mean, look everybody bad. Else Did you they watch look, them last night? You know what? I didn't because I don't want to watch a team that has LeBron James just give up in the first quarter. Like, I don't, I just don't know what's well, so I was watching about it for the, for the Clippers, man, because that's a team we could potentially face in the first round. And they might get Paul George back. Who mm-hmm. knows? And I even hear Kawhi might be back. Maybe uh, if that happens, dude. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough team. So I was watching it for that reason. And they just yeah. smoked him in the third quarter. And to your point, like LeBron James, just there's moments in that game, and I, I don't know how we end up always end up. We do about, every pod. Yep, we do. We're just like Sports Center, like around the horn. <laughs> We're just all like those yep. Things. But there there were moments <laughs> in that game where I'm like, man, I, I respect LeBron for how how he plays, how effective he can be at his age, and how many minutes he has on him. And then you see him quit on his team, and you're like, oh yeah, that's he plays yeah, like Aiden. Yeah, yeah, inconsistent. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the Lakers. Then they have the Pel- They're at New Orleans, and the Pelicans. 
are resurgent, man. They beat the shit out of the Jazz tonight. They're they on a the Lakers streak. Too. Well, yeah, they, everybody they beats the Lakers. the Lakers. I know. <laughs> um, then we play the Rockets, then the Bulls, yeah. then the Kings, then the Timberwolves who are frisky, then the Nuggets, the Sixers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, OKC, Lakers, Clippers, Utah Jazz, and the Kings. So, I mean, there is a tough schedule that lies ahead. And of our final games, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 of the last 19 games are on the road. That's where we play the best, right? Road Isn't Warriors it? indeed. Road Warriors indeed. So uh, what what is your prediction for the next game? I think it's going to be a loss, and it sucks to say, but it's just it does. It's just, it's like, what are you going to do, huh? Tony Soprano's like, what are you going to do with this one? Hey, all know. you're going to do is you're going to end up in the first overall seed. That's all that matters. You know, forget <laughs> about it. So, yeah. you know, again, a game like tonight, unbelievably entertaining to watch. Cameron Johnson stepped up, showed up, showed out. Bang! That's what I was saying under my breath and probably scared the German Shepherd in the other room. I was like, bang! That's loud. That's pretty bang! loud, man. Bang! The neighbor's like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> shut up, Johnny, son of a bitch! And, you know, maybe that woke up my, and now my you're wife. <laughs> no, sorry. She's she's <laughs> she came out, she's like, what are you doing out here? I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a fuck. Every time something good happens, you gotta yell at me. This fucking bank shot, it was amazing. <clears throat> it's the guy my dad said he wanted to marry. Yeah. <laughs> My dad turned the game off. He missed the shot. Oh, man. He thought they lost. Well, that's why I'm more committed to my relationship with Cameron Johnson. I never give up. I never surrender with that dude. That's why you'll be there. You'll be there with him. Uh, Okay, Jamster. So we'll see you on Sunday afternoon. I believe it's a 1.30 start. So come here, Arizona time, right around 4 o'clock. Once the game ends, you know where to be. Right here with the Suns Jam Session podcast. Matthew, do you have anything else you want to say before I do the rigmarole to close up the podcast? You know what? No, I'm not. Okay. I mean, okay. no, I don't. Excuse me. I can't talk. No, you doesn't. Well, no, again, Jamsters, we appreciate it. Um, subscribe, rate, review, follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. Thank you to So Says Jay for giving us a live report. From- Could he be our sideline reporter? He he was tonight. We should send I mean, him. Just we'll- always. Yeah, he'll always be our sideline reporter. We'll fund him to go to the game so he can report directly afterwards. We'll even send him on the road. Uh, okay. That's why we need you jamsters to donate via the super chat. So we can have, <laughs> so we can pay. So says Jay, so we can send him to Milwaukee. So these last 13 games on the road, we can send him there to do so uh, again, please leave a five-star review. If you happen to be listening to this podcast on Apple podcasts, or if you're not listening and you're watching, go on your little phone, go to Apple podcast, give us a five-star review, hit five stars, and then write something. And whatever you write, we'll read it here on the podcast. It's fun for everybody. Uh, I think well, come on the show. If you're a Warriors fan, you're a Lakers fan, come on yeah, the show. If, yeah, you know? come on the show. Hit us, slide into our DMs on Twitter. We'll send you a link like we did to So Says Jay. I started the show. I hit him up on Twitter in the DMs. I sent him a link to the show. He came right on. You saw it's that easy, folks. So if you want to be on the show, slide into our DMs. Come on for five minutes. We'll talk a little bit of suns. It's fun. That's what the show's about. It's not just me mm-hmm. and Matthew being talking heads. It's you coming and join us. It's us as fans sharing these amazing moments together. That's what makes this fun. So Just no penises, though. No, definitely no wangs on this one. The only Johnsons allowed on this show are Cam. Okay? Cam Johnsons. <laughs> Matthew, please just say go home and love your family. Let's go home get and love your family, get, everybody. Before it gets awkward. Okay. <laughs> Matthew said it. Let's get out of here. All right.